Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. We are now six weeks, uh, five weeks into being on the radio, and uh, there are no market surveys in the area to give us information about who's listening and how they are experiencing the radio program. So both people who are here and those of you at home and anybody who's listening on the radio especially, we would like your feedback. So you can call, you can email. There is also a very brief survey on our website, rlcjuno.org. Just a few questions. And to help us understand what's working for you, what's not, we want this to be a, a program that really is meeting the needs of the people who are, are out there, especially not able to come into worship. So uh, we need to hear from you. Now's the time we have set aside for our children's message. Today, we're going to talk about stories. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children, to their children after them. Did you know that storytelling was an important part of keeping history alive? Before there were history books and libraries, you would learn about the people who came before you by the stories that were told. In this passage, we hear God, through Moses, encourage this storytelling so many generations would know of his works and his covenants with them. Now, think about your favorite story in the Bible. Mine is the story of Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. When I first heard that story, I couldn't read yet. It was told to me by a family member. Do you remember when you heard your favorite story? Who was it that told it to you? And who kept that story alive? This is what Moses was talking about, and it worked because we didn't just find these stories and then start telling them because they were in the Bible. They made it into the Bible because people told those stories to their kids, and those kids grew up and told the stories again to their children for years and years. And those stories were able to live on and make it into books. These stories tell us of God's love and the covenant he has made with us. When we share these stories of God's love, it is able to grow and grow and to live on through us and the people we share it with. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for the stories of your love that are shared from generation to generation. Help us remember that those stories are to be shared with others freely and with joy so that, may, so that they may live for generations to come. Amen. Welcome the gospel. Alleluia, Lord and Savior, all 
Mark's gospel depicts Jesus as challenging traditional ways in which religious people determine what is pure or impure. For Jesus, the observance of religious practices cannot become a substitute for godly words or deeds that spring from a faithful heart. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. When it kind of ends abruptly, it doesn't sound as much like good news uh, when we start. What defiles a person? And certainly, when we hear, oh, the Jews wash their hands, and they wash the food that they get in the market, and they wash their pots, especially now with a high COVID risk, I would assume most of us are going, yeah, that's a good idea, <laughs> right? I hope we're all washing our hands and everybody knows you can sing happy birthday twice or um, you can actually say the doxology slowly. Anyway, uh, but that's how long you wash your hands. The point being that, yeah, cleanliness is a good idea. But you hear when, he, when um, Mark starts saying, you know, they, they wash their, their pots and they wash this and they do this and many other observances because it's so easy for us to ritualize any behavior. And once we ritualize it, we can dogmatize it. it means turn it into dogma. Now, rituals have a, a real benefit in society and they, they help us through uh, through major transitions in our life and, and building relationships with each other and encountering God. Uh, so, so there's a lot of benefit to rituals. But when we take those rituals and make them the rules, it's idolatry. Uh, I was thinking, we, we stand up during the singing of the gospel, right? And I talked about why last week, if you missed it, ask me, I'll tell you. Anyway, we stand up 
during the reading of the gospel. That is a ritual that helps us honor the gospel as the entrance of Christ in, in scripture and in our lives. When it becomes a rule, you have to stand up. That's the only way to honor God or honor Jesus. Then we're, then we're dogmatizing, legalizing this behavior. We all tend to do it. For a lot of reasons, one, it's easier to just follow rules than it is to continually discern Okay, what is, what, is, what is faithful living out of, of the gift of grace in my life? I mean, James, this is not the most quoted passage of James, even though it's an, it's an excellent one. He says, quick to listen, slow to anger, and what was the third one? Huh? Slow to speak. And then he goes on to say, and if you're not taking care of, widows and orphans is like code, a code phrase in scripture. It really means those people who are not provided for in some other way, those people who are vulnerable in society, those people whom the for whom the community is responsible, not an individual man at the time. If you're not taking care of those people, you are missing the point. Standing up, sitting down during the gospel, taking care of people who are vulnerable, right? One is a calling of living out of faith. But not only is it easier for us to follow rules, check them off, okay, I did that, did that, did that, I'm a good person. But it's also easier for us to evaluate whether or not other people are doing it. Because I can see who's doing this and who's doing that. When we look at the, the Ten Commandments, there are some that get a lot of press, right? Don't murder, don't steal, don't commit adultery, right? They get a lot of press. Honor thy mother and father, if we go with the thy version. That one's really hard to measure. I can tell you whether or not I've ever murdered somebody. Honor my mother and father. That is an ongoing, ever-challenging calling. Don't covet your neighbor's whatever. That one's, that one's, that one's hard. Have you ever coveted? And so, so Jesus is talking about these, these rules even the rules that, that, that started with Moses, started with the law, they become conventionalized. I mean, there are reasons for a lot of these, but they become conventionalized, and then they become uh, so, so rigorously observed that, that it's, it's the measure, it's the identifier, and it's the evaluator of how faithful we are. Oh. I'm, I am sure I am not the only person here who has ever been on a diet. Um, and I've been on all of them, pretty much. Right? 
And I've also been a member of gyms, gone and worked out, and I've also done aerobics and that kind of stuff. And I remember one time I was in an aerobics class and following along, and um, we were stopping to measure our heart rate. And on this one, only one occasion, my heart rate wasn't up hard, very high. I wasn't working very hard. Now I could follow all the moves. I'm a dancer, I can, I can learn choreography, I could follow all the moves, I could turn in the right direction, I could even act like I was putting everything into it. But my pulse wasn't up. So, yay, I participated in the class, it looked like I was doing it, what was the benefit? Right? Being on a diet, and by the way, you know, depending on which diet you are, you can learn how to work them. <laughs> there are ways. Well, what's the benefit? Legalism, dogmatism versus faithful living. Because you know what? Exercising and eating healthy, these are ongoing. They can always be refined. Once the class is over, the class is over. If it didn't do any good, it didn't do any good. Jesus, in this, when he talks about what can come out of the body, this is another thing where there's this list. These lists were also kind of standardized lists. Code list. I mean, you know how there are certain things that we, we always say together? I'm trying to think of one. For whatever reason, Lee and parents is coming to mind, and that's not the example that I meant to use. But, um, you know, Worcestershire sauce. Anyway, um, but there are, there are words that go together. Well, these lists of sins were, were part of the, the um, standard philosophical dialogue. And it's easy for us to focus even on those. This word, there's this word, there's this word. It says, don't do this. This is what comes out of us. These are the wicked things. The list is not important. The list is not the point. They're all examples of stuff that are generated from selfishness, willfulness, self-centeredness, pride, unwillingness, to humbly accept our brokenness and receive God's grace. When, I'm sure everybody's heard the saying, wherever you go, there you are, right? Things that happen outside of the body, we can get away from. And there are many, many practices that have religious practices in community after community that have to do with getting away from wicked influences. Now, I, I am not suggesting that you shouldn't consider how, how your world affects you. But 
even if you run away from all the external influences, which, by the way, if you think those are the cause of your problem, then you're doing the blame thing, which we know is original sin. No, it's his fault. No, it's his name's fault. No, it's you know, blame. I'm not responsible. It's because I watch too much violence on TV. It's because I, I don't know, didn't, didn't, wasn't told I love you enough. Which, by the way, I was, so. It's because whatever that person got me to do it, talked me into doing, said I should do it, what? That's all the external stuff. And yeah, you can get away from that. But all the internal stuff goes with you. So if you have a heart that is unrepentant, it goes with you no matter what your external influences are. Now, maybe the things that for which you need to repent will be different, but you still have an unrepentant heart. We all want to think we're doing good. Or we all want to blame ourselves for everything, both of which, by the way, are sins. We are not responsible for everything. We want to blame ourselves. That too is self-centered. The weather is not my fault. It's really not. But we have to keep working at that stuff because it's tough. And we have practices to help us. To help us reflect discern, repent, receive, witness. That's what these rules are for. Now, I don't actually think that anybody who's here today is sitting at home with a checklist like, okay, I, I didn't do any sins today, I'm good. But we might be skipping the hard work. the hard work of saying, in what way was I defiant today? Not was I. In what way? In what way did I put my will before God's will? In what way did I close my ears, la la la, and fake it. James also talks about how no matter what we do, it all comes from God. When we ask those questions, then we can repent, receive forgiveness, and by the way, God goes with us wherever we go too. So not only wherever you go, there you are, Wherever you go, God's there too. So God's there to help. God's there to forgive. God's there to renew. It's hard work to be faithful. And that's what Jesus was calling people out on. Not because what they were doing was bad. But if you're sitting around criticizing this this behavior, that behavior, or whatever behavior, because it doesn't fit your list, 
immediately step back. Immediately step back. That's not what the guidelines are for. The guidelines are to call us into a renewed, healthy, grace-filled life. Let us rejoice and be glad. Please stand as you are able and let us sing. children and heirs of God promise we pray for the church the world and all in need we pray for the church that is a safe haven for all to seek your presence fill it with pastors deacons and leaders who echo your expansive and generous welcome Lord in your mercy we pray for the whole of creation that plants and animals have the habitat and resources to thrive and flourish Inspire us to protect threatened habitats and ensure a stable future for generations to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for individuals in positions of authority. Raise up wise and discerning leaders in federal, state, and local governments and guide them to seek the benefit of every person. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all who are in need. Support and encourage those who are unemployed, underemployed, or experiencing poverty. Bring food, shelter, clothes, and stability for daily life. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for this congregation, especially those beginning a new school year. Empower teachers and school administrators, guide students in their learning and development, accompany parents, foster parents, and caregivers who provide encouragement and love. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for church leaders. Bless B Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, and Bishop Terry Brandt of our sister synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins for Alaska Native Lutheran Church, Anchorage. Raise up new leaders and encourage those pursuing a call to ministry. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And for what else do the people of God pray?
Gracious God, we ask for your peace and your comfort in Afghanistan, for those who are living in fear. We grieve those who have died, and we ask your comfort for those who We pray for those with addictions. We give thanks for the faithful departed who showed us how to honor God with our heart. Inspire us by their example and renew our faith, trusting that we will be united with them in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. You have set this table with your very self and called us to the Feast of Plenty. Gather what has been sown among us and strengthen us in this meal. Make us to be what we receive here, your body for the life of the world. Amen. Amen into one by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The blessing of God, who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us, be upon you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
peace. You are the body of Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.